Just because it's not in the show, <laughs> I thought, you know. It's time. I would, yeah, it needs to, you know, needs to, uh, yeah. Hello and welcome. Hello and welcome to the Movie Men podcast. I am Peter, that is Brady, and we continue our series of Rings of Power, episode three, which is coincidentally um, the third episode. I don't know what I was really going to connect the dots with there, but yeah, mm, it's no, episode three. No, yeah. You're going to just jump in? Yes, with two things. One, okay. I have a new spirit than I had in episode one, and then I had going into episode two. I the am spirit of Morgoth. That no, okay, uh, sorry, go on. Sort of the spirit of more wanting more. <laughs> okay, yeah. Uh but I, I think I'm at the point where I can at least have an opinion of slightly disagreeing with your hot take from episode one. That is. Oh my God! You're gonna be. This is what he's. A, this is what is a. Because Pete's always been the soundtrack guy. Always. He's about to tell <laughs> no, you no. and me how much he's enjoying the music in this show. Oh, actually, no, that's not it. Like, I mean, I'm not disagreeing with what you're saying. I'm saying the hot take of this show being maybe missing the in-betweeners being okay for entry-level people because they've got nothing to lose and maybe honing in on the people with in-depth knowledge of the token world but leaving the in-betweeners like me who know the films well but maybe not other things maybe being lost in episode one i definitely mirrored that i'm like yeah i can definitely mirror that because there would be things in episode one that I wasn't sure, is that a reference I'm not getting, or is that them literally just referencing something that's across the street that has no significance? But I'm at the point now where maybe I'm not getting every reference, but there's enough for me that's juicy, that's tender, that's great to cut into, and I've never felt more excited and into this show. And I guess I would just disagree that the in-betweeners might be left out, because I am not feeling left out at this point. Yeah, I think I'm also, I'm approaching... A place where I'm ready to rescind that. And I think it was a valid, fair take in episode one. And maybe that's just more of a critique of episode one. And maybe our view of episode one will change as the series goes on. But uh, mm-hmm. it is interesting. Yeah. Um, we got, I, I got a bunch of things to barrel through in little time to do it. Should we just go? You go for it and I'll stop you if needed. All right. So it opens up and we get revealed that Mordor... Hmm. or the place where Mordor will come to be is still like beautiful and lush and yes. is not the desolate, nasty butthole that <laughs> it will go on to become. Yeah. Um, so much so that the orcs need like canopies mm-hmm. and they need protection from the sun because yep. um, it's not ever dark and cloudy and miserable the way that it will come to be. Mm-hmm. And so that's... Just yep. I don't know. That's to me that was a fun piece of history. Oh, so fun. Yeah. Um, we get to see that uh we get our first glimpse at Elendil, the future king of not only Gondor, but he mm. will become the king of he will also be the king of Numenor, um, as long as Numenor is alive. Mm-hmm. Um and so that's that's fun, right? He's he's we for those who don't know, that's Isildur's father, right? He took up his yes. father's sword and cut this, the ring, you know. The sword he's, of Elendil. Yeah, yeah. Nar- that's what it's called. Uh, Nars- yeah, well, its actual well, name is Nar- Narsil. Oh, true, true, true. 
but yeah, it, it is the as, sword. It is his yeah, sword. Yeah. True enough. Um, yeah. And so, uh, do do founder. Of the, so we get um, we get lots of references into this in this episode of a lot of different people, right? El Ross, who is Elrond's twin brother. Um, oh, and when, right. Because Elrond is half elf, half human, and so is Elros. And so they were mm. both sort of given this choice to decide, like, do you want to be mortal or do you want to be an elf? And Elrond chose elf, mm. and Elros chose human. Hmm. Um, and he is the founder and the first king of Numenor. Mm. Um, and so we, we sort of get we get pieces of that. Every um, time you say Elros, I think of Bob Ross. Bob Ross, yeah. yeah. Um, coming into Numenor, I mean, Numenor is gorgeous. It is beautiful. One thing the show is not doing wrong is its locations. Like, it is just Kazadum in the last episode, Numenor in this one. Like, it's just stunning to look at. Breathtaking. Um, breathtaking. Breathtaking. And, and something worth noting, when we come into Numenor, we see this giant statue of this elf with his hands sort of reached out in this welcoming gesture. Hmm. Um, that is Aaron Endil, hmm. who is the father of Elrond and Elros. And oh. he 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 dies at some point. Like he goes off and fights a battle and dies, and spends the rest of his existence sailing the stars. We 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 get the the star of Aaron Endil. Hmm. And if that sounds familiar, it's because it's the light of his star. That not only led the elves, or the not only led the men being rewarded from siding with the elves in the battle against Morgoth, it led them to go find Numenor. It's the light of the star that is in the vial. The light of Arendil is in the vial that Galadriel gives to Frodo in Lothlorien. Oh right, yes, yeah. So it's just kind of a fun. That's like a you know deeper in the weeds kind of you know. Whatever. Yeah. Um, we see a lot of the people from Numenor once Numenor is destroyed. Like, obviously, these people, uh, Elendil and Isildur, they're all going to go end up being, like, ruling the kingdom of Gondor. Um, Which, and so it's fun to see the architecture connections between this city and Minas Tirith, right? Which, sort of this long thing that comes out this spire. from the mountain. Yeah, and so yeah. that's where I want to go full stop because... I, this makes me think that this is in the same universe as Peter Jackson's trilogy because there's the the connective tissue between the ar- architecture of this city and what go- some you know Minas Tirith a uh, portion of Gondor and even some of the yeah. helmets that some of these soldiers in Numenor are are wearing compared to the helmets of Gondor. Possibly, or it could just be that Peter Jackson stuff was so well based off of existing oh, paintings and drawings and stuff mm, like that. That's true, right? That that it was that that Tolkien or that Peter Jackson's universe was so spot on Tolkien that because this show also is, there's going to be some unavoidable similarities. That's oh, that's a fair point. I'd like to think that I'm right, but. That could very well be. So would we. So would we all. <laughs> Not just because uh, I want to be right, just because I really want it to be the same continuity. 
there are two things in this episode that further my Halbrand is Sauron theory. Shoot. One is, so for those who don't know, after Sauron creates the ring, like, there will be a time where disguised not as Sauron, but disguised as someone else, Sauron spends a bunch of time in Numenor. He kind of corrupts the king. Like, there's all this stuff that sort of goes on. Numenor ends up being destroyed. Mm -hmm. Um, But Sauron definitely has Numenor in his sights. Hmm. And one of the first things that Halbrand says about Numenor is that it is ripe with possibility. Ooh, juicy. Mm-hmm. The juicy. other, and this is a thick in the thick in the the weeds thing for the Tolkien heads, yep. the Tolk heads. Um, but he seems to want to be a smith. He wants to be a smithy. He sees the oh. you know like he's attempting to become a smithy. That's it. And he says. No one on this island knows this craft as well as I do. Hmm. Now, Sauron yeah. is like the, the the race that Sauron belongs to is called the Maiar, which is like this old ancient blah, blah, blah. They're from Valinor, all this stuff. Um, but he was a Maiar who served... Al Al Ali Ali I don't know I can't pronounce it. Um, who was the Smith of the Valar? Hmm. So it's 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 reasonable. We know that Sauron has great crafting and smithing abilities because he creates the One Ring. Mm-hmm. Um, but also historically, there is that like apprenticeship kind of stuff there. He learned from the Valar of, from the Smith of the Valar, who are like the Valar kind of created like all of this shit. Um, <laughs> right. And so it is, if if he is Sauron, then it stands to reason that, yes, he is the most gifted and, and, and well-taught Smith on the island. That is juicy. Quite possibly, right? Yeah. Um, we talk about Ellen Deal. There's mention that Ellen Deal is from a noble line originally, um, which just stands to reason. I mean, he's going to go on to become king. Sure. Um, so there's that connection there. We get Isildur. Yes. We see Isildur. Isildur's a badass, but he's also a little green. He's yeah. a little, you know, he's not quite, like, he's a rambunctious kid, right? He's going to yeah. make mistakes and, and do shit like that. <laughs> Um, we get to see Ellen Deal's soft spot for elves, mm. right? He is yep. faithful to the old ways of Numenor. Mm-hmm. Um, so that definitely comes in clutch many times throughout this episode um, and kind of helps us progress in the ways that we need to progress. Let me flip my sheet over here. <laughs> um, we see uh, they go to the Hall of Lore and they're researching Sauron's mark. Now, I don't know, this was on my notes for the first episode, and I can't remember if I said it, and I hope I did, because if I didn't say it, then now I'm just going to sound like I'm like, oh yeah, I knew it all along. I had a theory that the Mark of Sauron Mm. was a map of Mordor, because of the shape of it. Yeah. And it turns out it is. Yeah. And so I hope... (laughs) <laughs> Does that sound familiar to you? Does it sound like that was something I said, or did I'm, I forget to mention it? I maybe wonder if you forgot to mention it, but I will respect what you're saying. We'll say that was in the director's cut, and it's on the cutting Damn room floor. 
okay, so can we I, find out that- Can he, I stop you? Yep. This, was oh, when, oh, yep. this is when Galadriel was, like, they went to this special manuscript place. That's the that's the point in this episode, right? Where she discovers- Yeah, that. the Hall of Lore. Okay. Yeah, that, so was, one of the, that was created by Elros. Elros. Yeah. One of the resounding things that I, in the previous episode, there's two questions that- at different points, I'm going to th- metaphorically graph where this episode falls. And one of them is, what will I be rewatching first? The Rings of Power or The Hobbit trilogy? And the sequence where Galadriel is traveling to this location on horseback, and you have the slow motion, visually stunning uh, music playing into it, just that sequence was where the needle might start be start moving where I go sequences like this but specifically this one is right now pointing towards I might be more inclined to start rewatching Rings of Power before yeah. what rewatching the Hobbit's Hobbit series cuz that sequence was so I remember just sucking it in like I just was just captivated and I felt part of this world and just again you better be having sequences like this when if you're dropping 60 mil on an episode, but man, was it beautiful. Like, it was just breathtaking. So, oh, that, stunning. That sequence stunning. is great. Yeah. Uh, we find out that King Tar Palantil, Palantil is, has been exiled for being an elf sympathizer, um, for being faithful to the old ways of Numenor, and they don't like that. Um, so, he's been exiled. He's the only reason the Hall of Lore is still standing. Um, so there's a little bit of a mystery there. Uh, yeah, we find out that Sauron's symbol is a map of Mordor, um, and that there was a contingency plan put in place, um, in the event of Morgoth's demise. Um, the only thing that makes me wonder here, and that's exciting and awesome, and I'm all ready for it. Why did it take like a thousand plus years to enact this plan? (laughs) Like this contingency plan? It wasn't like... right. You know, they're like Morgoth's been gone for a good freaking while. His at this he's point. cold. He's he's cold. He is, yeah, yeah. The 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 dust has settled on <laughs> on the Morgoth thing. <laughs> yeah. Um, Gladriel's image search, her second image image search, comes back uh, with the symbol that is on Halbrand's pouch, um, and we find out that uh, his history. Um, involves his ancestors swearing. Like, we knew, like, when they arrive, Galadriel talks about, you know, that his ancestors, he's like, I, I didn't know that that men like me could create places like this. And she's like, these men aren't like you, right? These guys sided with the elves during the Battle of Morgoth. You guys sided with Morgoth. And this is why the elves gifted Numenor to these men. Um, mm, but we find yeah. out that his ancestors uh, like involved swearing a blood oath to Morgoth, um, which sounds like it, you know, a blood oath might not be something that's so easily broken. Oh, well, nothing to take so, lightly at the very least. So, yeah. Gladriel talks about believing that this is like, that their meaning is divine. And if it is, so Iru Elevator, who is the god of Tolkien, he's god in Tolkien's world, Middle-earth, is not known for intervening a lot. He's done it once, maybe twice that we know of for sure. Once is sending Gandalf back as Gandalf the White. The second that is debatable 
is Gollum being a klutz and falling into the fire with the ring. Right. So if this is, if this is Elevator intervening and, and putting the two of them together for a reason, that's big news. That's not just like, oh yeah, like, you know, they want this to happen. That's, he does not get involved. Um, So that'd be a big, a big deal. Sure. Um, Oh, and then Mirel? Mirel? The woman, Tar uh, Palantil's daughter, the king's daughter, who's sort of queen um, regent in his stead, goes and visits her father at the end of this episode um, and says, Father, like, we we find out that uh, obviously he's been exiled to the top of this tower. And she says, like, the, the, the time that we've feared has come. The elf has arrived. Um, and I think that this means, I don't think that this means that he isn't actually faithful to the old ways. I think it means that she also is and that there are, and that she's kind of been posing, um, just to sort of like keep the power, keep power in their family so that they don't lose hold of, of Numenor and they can kind of do good things in the shadows. Um, but I think that they're aware that once the elf arrives, like she has one of two options. They're either going to have to out themselves as faithful to the old ways, or she's going to have to turn her back on the elves in like an hmm. actually much more tangible way. Interesting. So, the only other thing I want to ask you about. Um, so, I mean, we see the warg fight and that's really epic and gruesome um, and, uh, and fun yeah. to watch. It's very it's a very contrasting scene because it's visually very eloquent. It's it's a a very cool fun action sequence. I guess I should just spit out what I'm trying to say. It's that, but it's also very like Legolas esque. Like when he had some of those stunts in the original films that were very you know very. Uh, yeah. multifaceted, involving flipping, and you know, like very stylistic. It was that mixed in with it, but then also very gruesome. And I feel like the, maybe how stylistic and gruesome it was was very surprising. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, the one thing I want to ask you about the last thing, and this is I don't know if it's a theory or what it is, but Ellen Deal is handed a sword when he's given the 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 task, the post of watching over our guests. Is that sword Narsil? I don't think it is. I doubt it. I mean, they give, it gets a close up and they're like, they kind of make a deal about the sword. No, like music plays or anything. I doubt it is. Narsil is supposed to be, it's like an heirloom of Ellen Deal's bloodline. And so I, I don't think it would be handed to him by someone else. I think right. he will end up taking up Narsil later in this series mm-hmm. of his own accord. Yeah, I just At least don't I think hope. I don't think it storyline-wise is the time that it would make sense that that is occurring right yeah. now. Win or fail for you, sir? Was episode 3 good or not so good? Resoundingly good. An absolute winner. I like I have to be emphatic about that. Yeah, uh, this this series is on the up and up. It's just getting better and better and better. It honestly is because 
like I like the hints of Gondor as my son weighs in on it too. He thinks it's a resounding win. Um, but I love the Southlands. It didn't it, like it took me some time because these are different names. So it, when I realized that it was Mordor, it's just juicy. It's interesting, and that storyline's yeah. picking up. I love the the like I love the Numenor storyline picking up. Everything about it, I love. I could absolutely do without the Hobbit storyline. I'm going to call it right now. That's 15 minutes I could have had doing other cool things, or at least just made it 15 minutes shorter. But otherwise, it's a resounding win. Best episode so far. And man, yeah. if I was thirsty after episode two going into episode three, after episode three, I am like absolutely like craving a drink of cold water because this looks amazing. I can't wait till episode four. Well, then wrap this up, sir, so that we can go watch episode four. <laughs> well, wait, sorry, but and you're in agreement that this, this oh, is absolutely. a Oh, absolutely. This okay. series is on the up and up. It's 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 just yep. getting more wonderful as each episode passes. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm excited. So, well, thank you for listening. Uh, tune in next time when we do episode four. And man, if you're like us, I can't wait. Brady can't wait. Hopefully you can't wait. And uh, you'll join us then. <laughs> Check out all our socials, like, follow, subscribe, and um, check out our Patreon page. Help support the show. We really appreciate it, and we appreciate our existing patrons as well. Thank you so much for helping us grow and maintain the show. And we should until- have just asked your son to wrap it up, because he's like, <laughs> sounds he's, like he's been practicing. He has, and he's really into Rings of Power. Yeah. And right. uh, until next time, where we talk more about Bob Ross. I hope so. Can we do a Bob Bob Ross podcast? We should. Maybe that's a live we stream we do, where yes. we try and like we have and we try to paint going, ourselves and we try and do it. <gasps> and we try and like do it. Oh, it's official. This is in the works. It's and happening. then like at the end, it'll look like crap for me because there's just no yeah. way. But that's no okay because we'll just be like, ah, it's just our happy little accident. <laughs> look at that new bunny.